morning to open your Bibles to the uh, 29th, uh, I don't know if you call it the division of Proverbs, but Proverbs 29, and I want to look at verse 18, amen, say I'm ready to be fed the Word of God. Now notice with me in Proverbs 29, 18, it says where there is no vision, the people perish, but He that keepeth the law is very happy. Amen? Now, we're going to talk a little bit about vision individually, perhaps even vision corporately for the church. But I just came by to tell you that God is a God who will give you sight. God will give you light. He will cause you to get a glimpse of your future. And I believe this with all of my heart. I heard this definition years ago. That vision is a picture of the future that ought to produce passion in our lives. It's a picture. What are you seeing in your future? What are you seeing for the future of your children? What are you seeing for the future of your life physically? Mentally, socially, even financially. What is it that you have in your heart that has come from the throne of God that you know that you know is of Him? What is it that you've laid aside and put on a shelf because of the passage of time? What dream thieves have come along to steal to kill, and to douse your vision. God's a God of vision. We are people of vision. We are people of light. And we are people of insight. And so may the God who raised Jesus from the dead, may the Father of glory open the eyes of our spirits. Flood them, O God, today with light. Flood us, O Lord, with vision. Lord, where we've lost passion, we ask for a double dose of passion and vision that we may do the will and plan of God. God's got a plan for my life. In Jeremiah 29 in the New Living Testament, he says, For I know the plans that I've got for you. There are plans for good and not for disaster. I'm here, God says, to give you a future and a hope. Now, here's what vision does. Vision will always provide focus for your life. You see, once you get a vision, the enemy is not going to roll over and play dead. Have you discovered that? And one of the things that he comes for is your focus. Because if a person loses focus, then they lose sight. And once sight is gone, the vision doesn't necessarily go away, but the vision begins to lie dormant. And there are a million and one things circumstantially that will come To drown your goals. And to drown your dreams. 
And there are circumstantial evidences all around us that tell us there is no way. But I want to remind you today that we serve a great God whose son is Jesus and he is the way. Well, I don't know whether I'm going to be able to make it or not. Good news. He made it for you. And he, in fact, today is the same yesterday, today and forever. It looked like there was no way for him to come out of the grave. Glory to God. But God made a way where there was no way. And it might look like you're not going to have anything to eat this week. But I submit to you, you serve a great God. You serve Jesus, the Son of God, who in fact is the way maker. Look at your neighbor and say, he is the way maker. Now what you need to understand, what we need to understand about these dream thieves and about some of the things we've been through and perhaps some of the things you're going through, we need to understand that every one of those tests and trials have an expiration date. I said they got an expiration date. I said they got an expiration date. And it's not going to be long before you're on the other side singing and shouting the victory. But you got to stay focused. And we must not lose hope. Psalm 42, please. And let's look at verse 5. Psalm 42 and verse 5. It says this. Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are, we, are, why are you disquieted within me? Now notice the rest of the verse. Read it with me. Hope thou in God... For I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. So David is saying, my soul is downcast. Now, what does that mean? That means that his eyes are literally cast downward. Which really makes it impossible to look up and makes it very impossible to look forward. And what we need to understand this is our soul really depends a great amount upon the God of hope. In Romans 15, verse 13, in the Amplified, it says, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in faith in believing, that you may abound, bubble over, and be overflowing with hope. He is a God of hope. He is a God that has the future in his, our future in his hands. And I'm telling you, friends, that there are some times in life we just need to gird up, keep our armor on tight, and just know that this too shall pass. Try that on for size today. Say it with me real strong. This too is going to pass. In our series on the subject of seasons, I said to you many months ago that it would help us if we would begin to view life, now listen very carefully, through the lens of seasons. As we pass through life, all of us pass through seasons. Perhaps you're in several seasons right now at the same time. 
We just saw people graduate and, and honored our graduates. That season's over, but now they're going to enter into a new season. Some of us recently have entered into the season of grandfather and grandmother. It's an awesome season. Churches experience seasons. Businesses experience seasons. And so if you're going through a particularly difficult season right now, you need to understand it's just a season. It has an expiration date. I don't know if you hear the preacher today or not. This is just a season. Now, how we relate and deal with the seasons of our lives is really going to determine the quality of our lives. It is so vital that we do not allow ourselves to get stuck in a season. And one way that you can make sure that that doesn't happen, listen to this statement, is by not allowing your current challenges to become permanent fixtures in your life. If we allow our current challenges to become permanent fixtures in our lives, what we will do is surrender hope. And when hope is surrendered, faith has nothing to give substance to. Hope is a confident, favorable expectation. It's expecting something good because you know something's true. We know something is true from the Word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. The Word of God has come to us and has set us free. Faith tells us there's a better way. Faith always points you to victory. As a matter of fact, the message says it is the power that brings the world to its knees. Hallelujah. And so, it is true that we're healed. It is true that our needs are met. Amen? It is true unto us according to the Word of God. And so, What faith does, it gives substance to the things we hope for. The things that we hope for are based on, amen, something that we know is true. I know the word is true. Therefore, I confidently and favorably expect good to come unto me. Because I'm standing on the truth. Of God's word. Don't give up just because it's a tough season. Some of the seasons I've been through, I would not want to go through ever again. But you know what? I'm better for it. I'm stronger. I'm taller. I never would have made it. If it hadn't been for the Lord. But the good news is I have made it. And I can still see that you're breathing today. Glory to God. We are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Singing about that song by Marvin Winans. Never would have made it. Martin. Sap. Martin. Okay. 
That's Ingrid and Rick. They keep me straight and all that. Don't allow your current challenges to become a fixture in your life. Proverbs 13, quickly to verse 12. Proverbs 13. I agree with you, Sister Alberta. Glory! You know, the Bible says that in His temple, that's what we ought to be doing. Singing of, speaking of, giving of. Glory to His name. In Proverbs 13, it says that hope deferred makes the heart sick. But when desire comes, it's a tree of life. One translation says, unrelenting disappointment leaves your heart sick. But a sudden good break can turn life around. Now we're not living our lives like they lived their lives in Vegas. By pulling on some handle. I need a break. Somebody help me. Somebody help me. Somebody give me a break. No, we're not talking about those kind of breaks. We're talking about being in the family of God and serving the God of the breakthrough. I've seen him break through before. But I'm going to tell you what, I'm not living on what I've seen. I'm living today on what I'm expecting, what I'm perceiving. I'm living out of a heart of vision. Amen. I see those Celtics bombarding the Lakers tonight. Stand against despondency. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. Literally, it makes it stoop. And I've discovered this. If I'm down on the inside... And you've been there and I've been there. You're going to be down on the outside. Despondency is not a friend. It is not a good bedfellow. Hope thou in God. Now here's what happens. During these seasons, oftentimes, some miss their new season because they're stuck in an old season. We must be aware of the exit signs on the road of life. If you're traveling down 5 to L.A. today, you're going to need to get off of 5 to get some gasoline. If you're going to go through the desert to get to Oklahoma or over to Branson, you're going to need to get some gasoline. So you better make sure you keep your eyes open. And don't miss your exit. Don't miss your exit when you see see In-N-Out Burger. Now listen very carefully. Anytime I've missed an exit, me and Dr. Chris Christoval, I call him the doc. He pastors River of Life in Oakland. He's been a friend for many, many years. And... uh, he was our head usher here for years. He was, was a Marine, a great guy. And we went out to see somebody in Modesto a couple of weeks ago of a minister friend's wife who had been in a car accident. And we got lost all the way out there. 
It was hilarious. I forgot my glasses and so did he. It was like blind and blinder. It took us about three hours to get to the hospital. Which normally would take you about an hour and a half. We kept missing our exit. Husbands and wives, do you know anything about ever missing an exit? All of a sudden, what was a happy day? Can turn in to an atmosphere of strife and confusion. Moving right along. And here's another thing about missing an exit. If we, in fact, miss our exit, we miss our new season, or if we get off on the wrong exit, it can bring things into our lives we do not need. Come on, somebody. And our seasons can be lengthened or shortened And it's really largely up to us. What is your mindset in the season you're in? This too shall pass? Oh God, take me now. Oh Jesus, come now. We might as well be honest, we've all been there. Praying for the rapture fervently. Here's another thing that people do during a season is oftentimes they maintain an attitude of gratitude. And they are thankful, not necessarily for what they're going through, but they are thankful in every season. See, I cannot be thankful for some of the things I've been through But I can be thankful in them because the word says, in everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. The reason why you can be thankful in a difficult season is because you know that you're coming out. I said you're coming out. But one thing that will keep us from entering into the new seasons that God has got for us is holding on to the past, murmuring, whining, and complaining. Listen to this. A trip from the wilderness, from Egypt, to the promised land can be 10 days or 40 years. It's supposed to take nine and a half days. But they spent 40 years in the wilderness because of their complaining and murmuring. We could say it this way. They got out of Egypt, but Egypt did not get out of them. They got out of that season. Come on, somebody. But the season was still in them. And so understand this, that during the big challenges of our lives, we must keep hope alive. 
See, the Bible says that we've got a lively hope. It's a living hope. And it comes through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. I have discovered this. When my hope is strong, my soul feels good. When my expectation is of him and not of man, I'm in a whole lot better place up here than I would be if I kept my eyes on the circumstances. But not only that, I've discovered this, that according to Hebrews 6.19, that hope will literally anchor your soul. It's an anchor to your soul. In the midst of tribulation, it will anchor your soul. Look with me at Lamentations chapter 3. And I want us to look at verse 19 through 21 in the message version. Vision. Vision. Thank you, Lord. I said vision. See yourself working. See your marriage in alignment with the Word of God. See your body whole. See yourself out of debt. See yourself owning your own business and flourishing. See yourself in ministry. See yourself serving in the household of God. See yourself out of that situation and in a better situation. You see, if I'm going to look forward in life, there are times then that i got to look back. What do you mean by that? Well, Lamentations 3 verse 19 to 21. Message. He says, I'll never forget the trouble, the utter lostness, the taste of ashes, the poison I've swallowed. He said, oh, I remember it all. He says, oh, how well I remember the feeling of hitting the bottom. But there's one other thing that I remember. Come on. And remembering this, I get a grip on hope. God's loyal love could never run out. His merciful love could never dry up. Now listen to this. They they are created new every morning. (laughs) How great is your faithfulness. I'll tell you what, as for me and my house, we're sticking with God. And I'll say it over and over and over again. I'm going with God. And you need to prophesy over your family. We're going with God. And then it says, he's all I got left. And he's more than enough. Verse 25. God proves to be good to the man who passionately waits. To the woman who diligently seeks. It's a good thing to quietly hope. Quietly hope for help from God. It's a good thing when you're young to stick it out 
through hard times. Stick it out. This generation, the X generation, the Y generation, and even us boomers, we need to learn something from the great generation. The great generation paved the way for this country to be what it is today. They went and fought. They went and shed their blood. They laid the foundation. And we are here, by and large, number one, by the grace of God, but also by the great generation. And if there's one thing that has helped me to go through the years of life that I've gone through is this. I did not quit. Are you the best preacher in the world? Absolutely not. I'm a good preacher, but I'm not the best. I understand, dear brothers and sisters, that every one of us from time to time have had U-Haul syndrome. And U-Haul syndrome used to visit me the most on Monday morning. Some of you guys know what I'm talking about. And how you would define U-Haul syndrome is, let's pack it up, baby, and get out of town. (laughs) Certainly, God's got something better for us. Yielding to greener pastures syndrome. The grass is not necessarily greener on the other side. There is power in perseverance. There is power in having some stick to you. I will guarantee you these graduates graduated because they persevered. They have stick to them. Lester Sumrall, this great general in God's army, was asked the question, how is it that you have succeeded all these years in life? And they got ready for some big laying on of hands and impartation of anointing service. And lay hands on us, Brother Sumrall. I remember being down at Jubilee one time and someone asked him, Brother, Brother Sumrall, lay hands on all the ministers. He says, I don't lay hands on anybody unless God tells me. I like that. Bible says lay hands suddenly on no man. But they were ready for the answers of answers. And he says, I'll tell you the key to the success of my life in ministry is I didn't quit. See, winners are never quitters. Come on. Stick with it. God's God put something in your heart. Stick to it. Don't say, well, he's got something else now. Not unless he really does. Because oftentimes people are hearing from God so much that we can't really tell whether it's God, the devil, schizophrenia, (laughs) pizza. And I hope that's not offensive to anybody. Schizophrenia is a very serious thing and I don't mean that to be funny. But understand... That when God puts something real in your heart, it's not just going to fall on you. 
like ripe cherries coming from heaven. When God puts people together in a supernatural relationship in a church, there's going to be tough times. There's going to be some difficulties. And the first thing that a person will want to do is exit stage right. But the best thing that they can do is stay together. Not only in a church setting, but in a marital setting. Now, sometimes situations just don't work out. We know that. We understand that. But I'm talking about some little nickel and dime things. We need some stick. Stick to the vision. Stick to your goals. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. That feels good just to say that. So where does this hope come from? Hope comes from the Word. It comes from the God of hope. The psalmist said that you are my hiding place and you are my shield. And my hope is in your Word. My hope is not in this world. Thank God it's not. Because when the stocks go down, I'm not going down. When the stocks go up, I'm not going up. I am staying at an even keel. Talked to my broker the other day and he said, well, you guys lost $10,000. Do you want me to send you a weekly newsletter? I said, no, thank you. I'm not going to look at that junk. My trust is in God. Because as sure as the stock market goes down one day, the next day it may go through the ceiling. And in the final analysis, if you'll stick with it long enough under the leadership of the Holy Spirit, you'll find that over the years, you'll be just fine. But if not, God's still on the throne. God has got some stick to you. Some perseverance to you. It is not easy to be a person of light and a person of vision. Because everything all around you will tell you, you can't make it. You can't do it. You come from a poor family. You come from the wrong side of the tracks. You come from this place. You come from that place. No. My genealogy is found in 1 John 4, 4. Ye are of God. We are of God. And have overcome them. Because greater is he that's in us than he that is in. Come on. Now in the world, quick, quickly hope runs out. But in the word, there's always hope to be found. I see. You ever been bombarded by thoughts and suggestions and imaginations? Yeah. 
Have you ever experienced the pressures of the lies of the enemy to a point where you got worried? Worried is the most destructive thing that you can do for your soul and for your body. You need to find a place of refuge. It's called the secret place of the Most High. And abide under His shadow. And let the Word take you. Let the Word bring life to you. Let the Holy Spirit bring encouragement to you. And you know what? He'll do it every time. Every time. Turn quickly to Genesis 15. Hope then is a confident, favorable expectation. An expectation of something desirable that's based on what? Based on truth. Based on the Word of God. What are you seeing? And what are you saying? See, what I see is what I'm going to conceive. What I am seeing and what I am focused on and what I am saying is like a seed. And there comes a point in life where there's conception that takes place. And all of a sudden you get pregnant with vision. You get pregnant with purpose. And nobody can talk you out of it. Nobody can say that you're not going to make it. Dr. Cho, years ago, he got started. He's got the largest church in the world, over 500,000. Brenda and I were there in 1987. Unbelievable what was happening there. But he started out in a little small village, in a little small apartment, with a very small church. And he did not have any uh, desk. He didn't have a bicycle. But he got hold of a truth in God's Word. And so he prayed and asked God to give him a bike and a desk. And he said, Lord, I receive that. And he began to conceive it in his spirit. And so, when he went to his church the next Sunday, he says, I just want you to know that I have a bike. And I have a desk. And a couple of his young ministers and that he was mentoring said, can we come by and see it? And he said, well, sure. So they came by into the apartment. He opened the door and the apartment was empty. He said, I don't see a bike. He says, I don't see a desk. Where are they? Dr. Cho stuck his stomach out like this. And he said, right here. He says, I'm pregnant. So walking through the village the next day, they started teasing him and said, ha ha, Dr. Cho's pregnant. But you know what? It wasn't two weeks before he had the desk and he had the bike. That's so powerful. And you know what? If it'll work for a bike, it'll work for a child. It'll, if it'll work for a bike, it'll work for a pancreas. If it'll work for a bike and a desk, it'll work for a liver. Give birth. Give birth to your hope. 
to your dream, to your vision. Can you all handle a little bit more? Christians need to be an expectation, believing his goodness to show up. How many of you know that God gave Abram a vision? He said, Abram, come on out here. And he brought him forth and he said, look all around you toward heaven. And I want you to tell the stars and if you can number them. And he said, this is what your seed is going to look like. And the sky was lit up with an innumerable amount of stars. See, God had a vision for Abram. But in order for him to get Abram on board, he had to give him something to see. So in that case, it was the stars. On another case, they went to Santa Cruz and it was the beach. It was the sand. He's giving him a glimpse of what it's going to be like in the future. He said, you're the father of many nations and in you shall all the families of the earth be blessed. And then he changed Sarai's name and he changed Abram's name. Abram's name now went from father to father Abraham of a multitude. Now Abram would became Abraham. And all of a sudden, things begin to change. But then there was some time that passed. And Sarah got very discouraged because they had not yet had a son. And this is where we get into the flesh. When we're trying to make our own turnarounds. When we try to make our own breakthroughs. And so Sarah says, oh, it'll be all right. You go ahead and go into Hagar and bring me forth a son. See, one day, Abraham's eyes were on the stars. But where he missed it is he focused his eye on the maid. Just be honest about it. So he went into the maid, but they didn't have Isaac. You know what they had? They had an Ishmael. And Ishmael is a type of the flesh. And so we see then that in the mercy of God, God was able to turn that around. Listen, friends, I'd like to tell you that I've never been in the flesh before. But I could tell you some stories. That you probably don't want to hear. And I'm talking about, you know, the nature of the flesh, the competitive nature of the flesh, throwing elbows at airports and different things like that. Yeah, we were on our way to Israel. And we're in San Francisco, flying to New Jersey. And, uh, you know, how you get hyped up sometimes. You know, the day of traveling, you know, and you're barking at each other all the way to the airport. Oh, you know what I'm talking about. Don't look so holy now. I know what, I know George knows what I'm talking about. 
Well, I couldn't believe I did this. We're trying to get our stuff away. It's one of them 747s. And, and some guy got real antsy and tried to get around me. And I didn't like it. So I gave him the old... <laughs> you know, we used to do that in basketball all the time. But he said, what'd you do that for? I said, do what? And there could have been a major blowout there. But I was wrong. He was right. I was just trying to defuse it. So we sat down and Brenda says, what'd you do that for? I said, do what? She said, she said, I saw you elbow him. But I wish I could tell you I've never been in the flesh before. And I wish I could tell you that I've always hit it 100% in the things of God where vision is concerned. Yes, I've missed it. Yes, I have failed. But I am not a failure. And yes, you have missed it. And yes, you have failed. But you are not a failure. Come on, somebody, you got to get this message or I'm going to preach to you all day long. And by the grace of God, I've hit it much more than I've missed it. But my point is this. If you have had an Ishmael, there's an Isaac around the corner. Deal with your Ishmaels. Do what's right with your Ishmaels. But understand... That the original vision still holds true today. And the gifts and the callings of God are without turning back. And without turning... Oh, glory to God. Raise your hands and just love Him for a minute. Glory to God. Just raise your hands toward heaven. Glory to God. I said glory to God. I said, glory to God. Glory to God. Go ahead and pray out of your spirit just a minute. Thank you, Lord. Oh. Ooh, I'm about to get happy in the pulpit. So one of the things that God did for Abraham is he changed his name. He had a name change. And some of you need a name change. What are you saying, Pastor Mark? I'm talking about stop calling yourself sick and start calling yourself whole. Give yourself a name change. What do you mean? From victim to victor. From poor to rich. From weak to strong. Bible says, let the weak say I am weak. No, bless God. It says, let the weak you say I am strong. What is there in a name? I tell you what's in a name. There's an image in a name. There's a vision in a name. There's destiny in a name. Don't allow 
the world to name you what God has not named you. Don't allow anybody to name you what God hasn't named you. God says, I call you my own. I've called you from the north, south, east, and west. I've delivered you from the powers of hell and brought you into the kingdom of my dear son. You are no longer a drug addict. You are a new creation in Christ Jesus. You are no longer an adulterer. You are no longer effeminate. You are no longer poor. You are rich. You are blessed. You're the head and not the tail. Get rid of those name tags and start calling yourself what God has named you from before the foundation of the world. Is that good enough for you today? Let's all stand up. Give him praise. Amen. Glory to God. I just can't help it. Praise God. I've preached myself happy again. Let's start doing it right now. Lift your voice up to God and say it with me. I call myself strong. I'm strong in the Lord. The power of His might. I call myself strong. I call myself healed. I call my body well. I call my finances failed. I declare that the glory of the Lord saturates my spirit. Saturates my soul. Saturates every cell in my body. I declare that my hope is not in the world, but my hope is in you. Thank you, Father, for it. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen and amen and amen and amen.